Hey everybody, welcome to the Good Evening Kitties podcast, a Tales from the Crypt review. My name is Melissa, your ghostess with the mostest, and today's episode is Season 5, Episode 5, People Who Live in Brass Hearses. This is one of my more favorite episodes, not necessarily for the plot, but the twist is very memorable, and so I thought I'd bring back Mike to help me go through it. Hey Mike! Hello, hi. <laughs> you ready to do this? I don't know, I ate too much butter. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a lot of butter in this, and I don't get me wrong, I love butter. Um, just not in stick form, directly into my mouth. Not like you eat an ice cream bar. No. Or that episode of Simpsons, that always, when he has the, he makes the waffle, and then he wraps around a stick of butter, and then he uh, eats that. I mean, with the waffle, that actually makes sense. He had some phrase he said when he did it, because he does that little, you know, drool thing he does. Oh. Yeah, that one. He said something like, mm, high ca- carbs or something. Cholesterol. <laughs> I think that was back when The Simpsons was still fun. What, like 25 years ago yeah. or something? Yeah. <laughs> I heard Hank Azaria is not going to do the voice of a poo anymore ever since that controversy. Oh, that is something which I don't feel qualified to even say a single thing oh, about. Oh, no, I just mean way. like, I mean, for me, I'm like, it should have ended years ago anyway. Yeah, it, it's just kind of interesting. But it's like a lot of those people have got to be getting older. They've been doing it for almost 30 years. Yeah, like it's... it's I, I don't know, like, is Graining even involved in, like, the past ten seasons or so? Like, I've, I don't I'm know. I'm sure he is. Well, I mean, to what extent? Like, he, he didn't he leave The Simpsons to do Futurama? True. And The Simpsons yeah. were pretty much carried on by but other Futurama's people. But Futurama's done now. Yeah. So. Which is why he does this Netflix thing, which is, again, yeah, this is like, you know. Oh, that Disenchanted or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. And not to cast shade, but all this stuff starts to get pretty boring. Yeah. Or it could just be because we're old and now we hate everything. No, it's just whenever you you know exposed to more things. <laughs> There's so much stuff. That there is there. so I much good stuff. Sometimes it's too hard to handle it. All right, well, season five, episode five, people who live in brass hearses. It's a fun episode, so let's get into it. Are you ready? I'm ready. Yeah, yeah butter. Let's get some, let's shove it in my face. Just, <laughs> so much know, butter. Oh, inhale, stick after stick, beautiful butter. As always, John Casir does the voice of the Crypt Keeper, and Danny Elfman does the theme song. This episode aired October 13th, 1993. It was directed by Russell McCauley, who also directed Resident Evil Extinction. Mm. It's a good one. I mean, not a... It's glow. a... <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a fun one. It's in the desert. It was a fun one. The screenplay is by Scott Nimmerfro. It stars Bill Paxton from movies like Aliens and Frailty. Hell yeah. Lainey Kazan from movies like Beaches and My Big Fat Greek Wedding. I like her. Brad Dourif, yes. the voice of Chucky, also in movies like Urban Legend and TV's Deadwood. Fuck yeah. And Michael Lerner from movies like A Serious Man and Elf. I'm going to go ahead here and read the back of the box for people who live in brass hearses. Ice cream, you scream. Think twice before trying to rip off ice cream vendor Mr. Bird. <laughs> it's a pretty decent summary for a sentence. It doesn't give anything away. But in this Crypt Keeper intro, for some reason he's a quarterback... In a football game. Yeah, I notice as the seasons go on how his whole like opening has less and less to do with what's actually going I'm on. I'm loving the, the cheerleaders in the back, the skeletons with the, <laughs> their boobs like sticking out. They're all like, woo! They're non existent yeah, boobs. Yeah, they're skeletal boobs. And then he's got like all these other skeleton guys around him and he's like in a huddle. It's kind of a cool shot. Mm-hmm. Shot from below and he's throwing out plays and things like that. Not really sure what it has to do with the episode, but... Um. No, it does have it has zero to do with it. But I, as we, we stop caring after a certain point, I think. It's fine. It doesn't always have to do it. Who cares? He's crazy. <laughs> so it opens up in a... It's not a horrible apartment, but it's 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 kind of it's trashy. It's Hollywood horrible. Yeah, it's, it's like, trashy. It's like, you can tell this is the way they think that poor people live, but it's still obviously kind of like arranged. 
in a way. Well, it is, but it is like they got kind of a crappy couch, and they got like a TV that's not really working, and they got it's kind of messy, but not really. But I mean, they still it's a decent floor and everything like that. But it's it's basically Brad Dourif's character and Bill Paxton's character and their brothers mm. in this episode. Uh, Bill Paxton is playing William or Billy, um, and Dourif is playing Virgil DeLuca. So their last name is DeLuca, and they live together. It's a good scene here to kind of build up their relationship. I like that they have it in here. This toxically, you know, abusive relationship. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because the older brother is an asshole. Bill Paxton's uh, William is the older brother. And Brad Dourif's character, Virgil, he's a little slower, um, like, developmental-wise. You can tell mm. that he gets trampled on a lot by whatever Billy wants to do. Yeah, poor guy's an innocent. Yeah. Know, so. And basically, they're pretty poor. And this scene's good because it, it builds up just what kind of situation they're in. It's a decent time scene. I mean, it's like a five, ten minute scene it kind of builds it up which is good um i think it does add to it but um they're so poor that william comes in there with a pack of butter sticks and i just noticed extra salt so not only eating butter you're eating extra salt like i guess you're trying to preserve your organs when you see there too he's got like an eyeball ring oh yeah yeah but yeah so he he takes this the butter and he pats at it like it's a pack of cigarettes Oh, man, I'm chosen for a stick. <laughs> yeah, he just sits down. He's in, like, a wife beater top or the white tank top thing, you know? Like you do. And he pops the butter out, and he's just like, yeah, stick of butter. Like, that's how poor they are. But really, I don't think they're... I mean, they're poor, but it seems like it's he implied, also likes it. Yeah, it's implied that he genuinely likes it. He loves him some butter. Like I said, I love butter, too. Just, I'm not going to eat it <laughs> <laughs> out of the package like this. So he just opens up the stick of butter. He's, like, offering it to mm, Virgil. Like, could be, some butter? Could be worse. He could be eating margarine. Or that's cr- true. Or Crisco. And Virgil's sitting there reading, like, a comic book or reading, well, Jesse James versus Predator comic book. <laughs> and he's uh, sitting there, like, it's weird because it's almost like they're stuck in, like, a childhood anyway, even though they're adults. Yeah, yeah, it is kind of. Well, comic books, like, I don't know. We a lot of people read comic books. I read well, comic Well, it's not books, even just that, but... but the fact that Virgil's sitting there contemplating what him and, or, like, what him and William could do if they were, like, Frank and Jesse James like how cool they would be if they are because he wants to be like this partnership with his brother mm. and he's reading this comic book about jesse james versus the predator while his brother william is trying to watch cartoons on their tv so it's like they're kind of like it's that weird kind of thing that pops up in movies again and again like that one scene where there'll be like old cartoons in the background i don't yeah. know why it bugs me but it always has really I don't it know just, what this cartoon is, but I mean, it's... It looks like a Looney Tunes of some kind, mm-hmm. or, or at least a rip-off of Looney Tunes. Maybe as there like were many a, um, companies back then that did stuff like that. Maybe like a part of like a Rocky and Bullwinkle or something. No, it's not Rocky no. and Bullwinkle. No. no, I should know. Love Rocky <laughs> and Bullwinkle. So Virgil keeps asking all these questions like, what do you think that Frank and Jesse James would do? And we're kind of we're kind of like them, right? And Just waiting for his brother to say the hipster thing. Like, you know, J- Frank and Jesse James were incredibly and kinda, He's so cute in this kind of. He just, he's got this, he's just such a little innocent, at least for now. Yeah. Uh, he's such an innocent of just like looking up to his brother. And you find out basically that for the past two years or so, Billy has been in, in prison in San Quentin, right? He said. Something like that. For petty theft, right? Yeah, it's for petty theft that we'll find out more about later. So he just got out. And during this time, I guess Virgil's got a job at this ice cream warehouse. Yeah. Where Billy used to work is where he got caught taking the money or whatever Mm. and turned in and had to go to prison for two years. And he's very, very bitter about it. And he's also mad about all these questions that Virgil's asking. He goes off on him and he acts like he's going to hit him. And then immediately he's like, 
Oh, I'm sorry. You know I didn't mean that right. Like I, I was saying when we were watching yeah. this, you know this happens every day. Oh, yeah. I, like, like, practically... Like I said, it's probably since birth. It's always been him looking out for his little brother, telling him what to do. Do you think that Frank and Jesse James ever planned a warehouse robbery? Maybe. Uh, ice cream warehouse, maybe, you think, maybe? No, not an ice cream warehouse, little brother. We're still a lot like Frank and Jesse James, ain't we, Billy? Yeah, kind of shut up and watching this. And of course, Frank and Jesse James rode horses, and we drive around in Impala, but an Impala is a kind of horse, right, Billy, ain't it? Hey! Enough of this Jesse James shit! Forget about him, he was a wussy! Did you ever do two years in San Quentin like I did, did he? You know, you know I didn't mean that. You know that, right? Right? Hey, come on. Come on now. Who's your big brother, huh? Huh? Who's always looking out for you, huh? You are barely here to bed. <laughs> you goddamn right I am. It's like about to like genuinely attack his brother and then trying to pass it off like it's a joke. Yeah, and Virgil's just like, what? Oh, okay, you still like me? All right, like... <laughs> It's just like all crazy. Oh, here comes Gus. Hey, Gus. Oh, great. Yeah, Ow. you got something to say? I thought you'd be in here. Gus, did you like this episode? Do you like butter? He likes to lick himself. He likes cleaning his leg, it's apparently. Perv. On himself. <laughs> so they're getting ready to have this, like, heist or take some money or whatever. It's, it's not even all that much. You find out, like, the amounts that they're going after. I mean, they're not even sure what amount. It's, yeah, it's they, very... they seem they seem to just think it's like a hundred dollars or so. No, don't they? not like how much well, do they even say they're going to be getting? They don't even really know. They just know they want to get into the safe. Hard telling how much is in it. Yeah. So they're going over the plan. So like I said, Virgil's a little slower, and so Virgil works at the ice cream shop. So the thing is that they have a friend named Cooter, and I'm like, of course they have a friend <laughs> named Cooter. And if me and him can like distract Mrs. She had a weird last name, Lady Kazan's character yeah, who yeah. owns the place. Um, like Miss Grundafar or something. Grundafar. The great <laughs> wizard Grundafar. If we can, like, distract them, you can sneak in, and we can, um, when she's putting money away to get into the safe, and we can distract her and take the money and get out of there or whatever. Which part of me is like, for the past two years or whatever, at least, Virgil's probably had this job, and yeah, he might hate the job, but at least it's paying money more than probably whatever they would get yeah, that even, would even if that it's long. Even if it's minimum wage, his paycheck is probably going to be bigger than this heist. Yeah. You know? And, well, and they're also going to, like, um, pull the fire alarm, too, during this. So they're, like, trying to get everyone. Because there's a lot of people. At the time, there doesn't seem like there's so many people working there. But there's people around, like, like working at this warehouse. Looking back on it, really, I used to, th I, I was thinking that they were stupid. But looking back on it, it's probably Bill, it's probably Billy's, you know, just need for revenge to get back at that place somehow. Because in his mind, it was their fault he was caught and yes. blah, blah, blah. Particularly one guy that we will get into yeah. in a bit here of who he's really upset about so now they're like well let's go get some ice cream <laughs> so so now you have the ice cream coming up the side here um up the road and um it's almost like the intro of uh dumb and dumber when he has the, <laughs> when he's got the pup truck or whatever and the dogs are he hits that uh, hill and goes Arr! and all the dogs get covered in mustard and ketchup i've seen that movie a lot yeah i've seen that like once 
It was like a, it looks like a dog. And this like rich lady had had him pick them all up from the groomers mm-hmm. and bring them. But he got them all a snack because they were hungry. And he threw all these like hot dogs back there. And then he kept hitting the curse because he was running late. And then as soon as she opens it up, they're all covered in mustard and ketchup. And he, she's like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> and then he gets fired. And then chaos ensues and hijinks. And, uh-huh. Uh-huh. And uh, so he's coming up this hill and he's in his ice cream truck and Mr. Bird's in there and he's played by Michael Lerner and he's got a little ice cream cone on like a big spring above it, which makes me wonder if it's like going to hit a bridge <laughs> when you go <laughs> under it. And he's playing... Uh, Pop Goes the Weasel. <laughs> That's right, Pop Goes the Weasel. And he's pretty popular. It seems like all the kids are like real excited to see him. And, and while he's getting ready to pull up into this neighborhood, William and Virgil are hanging out in the car and William hates him. And all these kids are outside now and all these kids are coming to run up to the, the truck and they're watching from the car, watching Mr. Bird work. And so you see how Mr. Bird works. So as the kids show up, he starts pulling like, he's in the front seat on the side and he pulls the curtains down for the window and he's like, oh, here, you know, he's got like a whole little thing that he does and the kids love it. As he shuts all the curtains, he comes up into the back window, opens it up and puts a little puppet show on for them. Hmm. So he's back there holding this guy with a little ice cream cone <laughs> on his head and everyone's excited. Everyone's like, Woo! You know, this comes off as incredibly creepy, though. I guess nowadays, I don't know. I don't think the 90s were a more innocent time, so maybe this is meant to be creepy. I don't know. I don't think it was that creepy. If anything, he's doing advertisements because he starts bringing up some new drink he has, some new fruity drink, and he's trying it. And he can drink it without stopping talking on the puppet. Like, the puppet Mm -hmm. can still talk, he can still drink, and and he's got a different voice. And so that's something you kind of want to put in the back of your mind when you see that, that he can throw his voice so well. And so as he's doing this, William comes up and has a whole big thing about like, oh, hey, you know, I, I want some ice cream. And he hasn't seen him for a couple of <laughs> years. And he's like, Billy, what's up? What's the matter, Bird? Don't you recognize one of your old vendor buddies? I used to drive a rig just like this. Of course, look a little worse to wear. See, I just spent the last two years of my life riding in prison. But you should remember that. You put me there. I remember, William. You were trimming your profits. Selling your inventory on the side. You were stealing. Hurry it up, butthead. <laughs> Just kidding. He's absolutely right, kids. Uh, I got what I deserved. Hey, and to show you what a sport I am, I'll even take something to go. Let's see. You got anything in... Uh, Butternut? Nope. Butter brickle. Nope. Buttermilk? Nope. I do have butterscotch. Fine. Make it two. And so basically, Billy used to drive an ice cream truck. Oh, God, I just noticed his tattoos. It's like all the bad decisions you can get as a tattoo. Oh, yeah, I have that on here. In my notes, I have Paxton's fake tattoos, LOL. Because they're so <laughs> fake. He's got like the spider web on his um, elbow and just different flames and things. It reminds me of when I did um, with Cindy, season four, episode nine, King of the Road, uh, yeah, Brad yeah. Pitt's tattoos. They were just all like, were like what is happening? They're all over his chest. I was like, what kind of tattoos would you get in prison? Well, I guess in that in that way, it could be kind of... I'm really surprised there's somewhat, not any barbed wire. Somewhat accurate. There's got to be some somewhere. I think he has them on his knuckles and everything. So he shows up, and he's all, like, pushing the kids out of the side. And the kids don't leave, considering <laughs> how it gets kind of heated. And the kids yeah. are just like, we want our ice cream. <laughs> some really fucking great ice cream. Apparently. 
but he only likes butter. So he only starts asking him if he has, like, butter brickle and... I mean, you know, when you think about it, butter and ice cream are not that far removed. They're no. both, like, congealed milk products. But he asks if he has <laughs> buttermilk ice cream. I'd like, come on. I'm, will, I'm willing to bet that is... You can get that, but not from an ice cream truck. Well, and then eventually he was like, well, I have butterscotch. And he's like, well, take that. So mm-hmm. he gets, like, two things of butterscotch. One for him and one for Virgil. I do like butterscotch myself. It's okay, I guess. It's, it's it's real sweet. It's a little too sweet. So, so Yeah, I know. So he pulls out, I guess, like, what, 20 bucks or something to pay him. And he sees that he has a bunch of cash in his little It's cash just a box. pile of ones. It's not a lot. It's, it's like it's 150 super... bucks or something. And he's all like, oh, yeah, like, I could live for a day. Like, I don't know. Like... I guess, I don't know. Like, I don't know where the mindset comes from or that we're supposed to believe that. I, I, I mean, I run into a few shady characters in real life where... Like, they are the kind of person who would just steal anything that was unattended. I think it's so, more for the thrill. Yeah, it's for the thrill yeah, and just the idea is. of making it work. He's not looking in the long term. It's more just, what can I get my hands on right now without having to actually do work? I and, guess it's, it's got to be a psychological thing, you yeah. know? Maybe it's a sexual turn-on. Who knows? Okay. Let's, get a, let's go Freudian with this. <laughs> and so right before he leaves, he turns to the one kid he almost hit, and he's like, here, kid, and he tosses him a stick of butter. And so the kid calls him a loser. I mean, he is. So he goes back to the car to eat with Virgil uh, the ice cream, and they start eating it, and Virgil's like, yay, ice cream. They get the little, like, the little wooden spoons or whatever you eat the ice cream with. Yeah, it's like a Ted Drew's kind of frozen custard thing. Yeah. us, for St. Louisans, we'll get that one, but... And so then they get in a fight, and so he smacks the ice cream out of Virgil's hand, and he looks all sad. He's like, "Okay, Billy, sorry, you know, sorry." Like he would, he would be okay. <laughs> he would lead a normal life if it wasn't for his deadbeat brother. Well, and then like then automatically, then Billy's like, "I'm not even hungry anymore. You take it," because poor Virgil's over there all sad because his ice cream's all over the place. And it's like, did he even miss his brother when he was in jail? I mean, I feel like Seriously. he would be better off. He still had the apartment when he got out, so I mean, it can't be that bad. Yeah. I mean, this job isn't doesn't seem that horrible. You're loading ice cream in a warehouse. It's not. I mean, it's cold, but he's got like a jumpsuit thing. I mean, it's it's just another drudgery job. Modern world. You get used to it. You know, like if you need to earn money, man, you get the money. It's trading time for money. Better than attempted uh, robbery for such small scale. Now, robbery for like a big heist, I can get. That that I understand. That's why I need to watch. I want to watch that Ocean's Eight or whatever with the women in it. Hmm. I hear it's really good. It's got a nice cast. Mm, just, you know, another remake-ish kind of thing. Um, but they're like badass women. I'm just saying that like they could make an the original place. movie with badass women, and I would be very excited to see that. Okay, like, well uh, then we're going to watch Like a Boss. That just mm, came out. That's mm, about badass that, women. But, but I don't know. Is this, you said. Is this like a Seltzer and Freiburg, like SNL alumni kind of thing? or some, well, it's Tiffany Haddish. Mm, but oh, it's Salma wait. Hayek. Oh, wait. I don't know. It'll be fun. Uh, I kind of want to see it. That's the idea of like women empowerment. Is just like, well, we'll put women into a fart movie. Well, I hope it's not going to be that. <laughs> it's like, and I'm just thinking to myself, this could be better done. I mean, maybe. there are some movies, yeah, where they. There's plenty of. Well, I'm always saying there's plenty of, of great movies with female leads. What was that one where everything was evolving and changing? When they went into the, uh, it was like an I anomaly. Mean, when they went into the the platform and they stepped on a butterfly. And they were yeah. scientists, and they turned into monkey lizards. No, that's the sound of thunder. That's a good movie. That's horrible. I like that movie. No, I'm talking about it was recent. Oh, uh, uh, oh, Extinction? Annihilation? Yes, now yeah. that is a very good example. Yeah, that one wasn't too bad. I mean, it was but all right. no one gives a shit about it. Oh, but they're well, going to remake Ghostbusters with an all-female cast? Sh- oh, everyone goes crazy. I'm, cut- I'm cutting that. Oh, you're going to cut that? Yeah. Oh, it's a controversial opinion. I don't think it is I haven't seen point. it yet, so I can't say. <laughs> So, you can't say unless you've seen it. I've, I've seen enough of it. 
So not too much time later passes, and we're back at the ice cream warehouse, and Lainey Kazan, who's the manager there, she comes out, and again, like you would know her from my Big Fat Greek Wedding and Beaches as the mom in both of those. I love Beaches, if you've ever seen what that. What is Beaches? It's like, a, is it's like from the longest 19, day? No, it's from 1988, oh, okay. I think. It's got um, her, it's got Bette Midler and Barbara Hershey, uh-huh. and they're like BFFs from when they were kids, and then uh-huh. there's like a whole bunch of stuff, and it's real sad, but it's real good. <laughs> real sad, but it's, it's real, real good. It's real sad, but it's real good. And then you got Bette Midler singing and there's like, dancing. Like, come and see. Not that, well. <laughs> Spoiler for Beaches, Barbara Hirsch's character gets cancer, and then she dies and Bette Midler has to take care of her daughter. Ah. Uh, I named my cat Pouncer after the cat in that movie. spoiled for me? I was looking forward to seeing it. It was 1988, so Michael. Oh my God, you ruined the movie I was most assuredly about to see. Mm-hmm. Anywho, so Lainey Kazan's coming out of the ice cream warehouse and she's got her coat on because it's cold. And she's looking for Virgil and Cooter. Uh, and everyone's just all wrapped up in wintry clothes. It's real cold. They're eat- Cooter's eating ice cream on the job. He looks like a Cooter, too. Yeah. And he was like, I'm on my break and everything. And they're like, no, we're supposed to be running around working. We got Mr. Bird coming in. So she's excited because Mrs. Um, Grandifer, or whatever her last name is, has a crush on Mr. <laughs> Bird, the ice cream truck guy. Yeah. She's really getting frustrated that she can't get him to go on a date with her. <laughs> and so Mr. Bird's coming to pay his um, fee for the ice cream. And then I guess whatever you make extra, you can keep. He's a really good salesman or whatever. So he's pretty popular. Which I know, like, I think with some of that stuff, it has to do with turf, too. Like, there's certain areas you can... What's kind of interesting is when I first heard about this episode, like, read the description for it, I was kind of thinking they would go, like, an ice cream, like, a Glasgow ice cream wars kind of thing. Yeah, and then, like, a that? turf thing, like a turf war. Well, it was, only they were selling drugs out of ice cream trucks. Yeah. But it's still, like, you know, I always, man, I want to say there's a movie about that. Oh, I'm sure there is. So, Mr. Bird's coming, and she's taking off her coat and, like, fixing herself in the mirror. Mr. Bird's always on time, and he never loads his trucks, and he always pays. But this is the part of the plot that I always find fails for me, because he they load his truck for him, and they've never he's never had to get out of his truck to load in 15 years. Yeah. And that's where I'm like, okay, come on, not even for, like, a meeting. Yeah, or... either that or they're shorthanded, and they, they, yeah. need, they need you to help out. I, I mean, don't know. how does he get out of that? But what's interesting, too, is, like, what we'll find out later with some of, with the twist, which I won't say yet, but it's, like, how do they not see him when they're loading the truck? Like, truck's not that big. Like, yeah. they have to put the ice cream in the freezer in there, and they still don't know what the secret is out there that we'll find out. During this, William's sneaking around. He's waiting for that fire alarm to get hit. <laughs> and, like, earlier when they were back in the apartment, they were talking about the plan, and Virgil messed it up. And that's when, that's why William got so mad. And I'm like, you need to write that down on his hand and then wash his hand afterwards because it's... There's a step-by-step <laughs> process that you're letting this guy who's who's <sighs> nervous already and has never committed a crime in his life. Yeah, he's a lot know, more innocent so. than you are, and you're you're relying on this. So Mr. Bird shows up and he's got his little bow tie and his little hat, and she even mentions like, you know, there's this gala or something that's coming up, the award ceremony that we always want to. You're such a good worker, and you should come. And he's just like, oh no, I can't. Good day, Miss Profunda. And good day to you, Mr. Bird. I'll have your order ready in a jiffy, but bear with me. I'm a man short today. Oh, oh, no problem. So, Mr. Bird, are we going to have the pleasure of seeing you at the Vendor Awards this year? Oh, uh, this year. Oh, I'm afraid not, Ms. Grafunda. Well, it sure would be a welcome change to see you there in person. It's funny, but uh, I just purchased a lavender pantsuit. Mm. And it would look mighty snazzy next to a 
fine gentleman like yourself. Uh, I'm sorry, Miss Profunda, but I'm not much for such frivolous functions. Oh, me neither. Let's say we just blow it off and have a nice quiet dinner alone together. Oh, you know, I make the best potato chip and green bean casserole you ever no, tasted. I, uh, I'm sorry. I'm uh, sorry. Fine. I'm not upsetting you, am I? I said fine! It's probably been like a couple years that she's been flirting with him, and he knows yeah. it. He can tell she's flirting. Well, he's trying to let her down gently here. I he mean, is. He's, he's he trying is. to be nice about it. He's just like, I want to get my ice cream and get out of here. Can I go? So yeah, so she's like, yeah, I can make a, I make a mean potato chip green bean casserole <laughs> is what she offers him, and she's he's just like, sorry, I can't no. And then she gets real huffy, you know. Green she's... bean potato chip. I've heard of. I mean, it's probably not that far removed from like you know that kind of thing that people only eat. At Thanksgiving. But you want to put that French onion stuff on it. You don't put potato chips. I mean, it's not that far removed. It's probably just as salty. Yeah. But yeah, he turns her down, so she's upset. He only owes $156 for the stock for the ice cream. So he pays that, and she gets the money. And already William's, like, watching her get the money, like, oh, $156. (laughs) Like, he's like, I can't handle it. Oh, my God, you know. And I'm like, that's really not that much. I mean, even in 1993, it's not going to. And you can see how he's just like, you know, it's all ones, though. Yeah, like he's, well, it's he's, ice he's cream like truck. Stacking this up in ones. Little kids, you know. Did you ever have the ice cream truck come in your neighborhood? Yeah. I only lived in a neighborhood until I was like 10. I so. remember feeling that it was crazy overpriced because it was like the mid-90s, but still, like a lot of the stuff in it was like 3 or $4.00. And back then, yeah. that would have that would have equaled a Lego set. A few a few of those. So, I just remember like you hear you know. it because we lived at like a like there not a cul-de-sac but it was like a dead end. Mm-hmm. So like you'd hear it and it's like you'd lose your mind running in the house going, "Mom, money, <laughs> mom!" Like you don't even give her a chance to like think. She's uh... like, "What?" You're like, "Just your purse. Where's your purse?" Like, and you want to get out there. What was your ice cream of choice? The few times I actually ate it, it was usually just like something simple, like an ice cream like sandwich or ice something sandwich? like that. Usually, sometimes I get something like fudgy or butterscotchy. Yeah, I was always more into chocolate, so I usually got the the double fudge pop with the mm-hmm. two sticks. Oh yeah, no, I remember those. Yeah, it was easy. Or I got the chocolate eclairs with like the crunchy thingies on it. What's weird is I started eating those after I graduated from high school because they were the vending machine at my work. They're pretty good. Yeah, they are actually pretty good. <laughs> I get a bomb pop too. Those were usually what I'd like too. Hmm. I always felt. I don't know, kind of cheated if unless I had something like either caramely or chocolatey. That like made you feel all slot. Like oh. you're supposed to get refreshed. Oh, I was I was like nine. So they're going to pull this heist or whatever. He's Mrs. Grafundar or whatever has the money. <laughs> and so Billy's talking to Virgil. And he's like, okay, here's what you're going to do. You're going to follow her in there. <sighs> you're going to, because Virgil's starting to panic. You're like, you're going to follow her in there. Like he's not even looking at. He's really, teasing he, up. Yeah, he can't concentrate. He's like, follow in there, keep her in there. I'm going to go take care of Bird. I guess he's going to kill him. I don't know what his... I think that he, he says, like, take care of, as in knock out or capacitate. I don't know. Or maybe he means he's going to load the truck for him so he can go do that or something. Because he's, he's waiting. I... The whole time this is happening, Mr. Bird keeps honking. He's like, where's my ice cream? You know, like in the background. <laughs> he's like, I, can, where, I thought you were going to load it. What's up? And so while they're taking care of all that, Virgil follows uh, the chick into the office and they're, they're like, really mad and they hate her and stuff. But really, I mean, she's she's tough, but it's not like... Their job doesn't seem that uh, Yeah, crazy. but you imagine you do your job and you do your job well day in, day out, but your boss is still But they don't. They're hiding around eating ice cream in the back. Like, they're not... Yeah, I guess. 
when he's like, you know, keep her in there as long as you can. If you can keep her to have the safe open, then we can get and, the safe. And give her a titty twister, too. Yeah. Exact word. That yeah. is just like, who... This is... They're, well, they're so, that, that leads with the whole infantile aspect of how, like, chill, childlike they are. Well, because he's like, I don't want to hurt her to keep her there, but he's like, you gotta... William's like, you gotta do what you have to do and give her a titty twister, too. So he goes to go take care of uh, Mr. Bird. Virgil follows Lanny Kazan's character into the office. He panics. He gets in there, and he's got... It was like a... Like, brass knuckles with a sword on the end of it. I think I've seen that before. Like, I, I think believe, it's like a letter opener I've almost. seen those sort of things in World War II. Like, the knife combined with the brass knuckles. Yeah, and he comes That's, in and he uh, scares her and she falls over. And the safe is open and you can see there's a decent amount of cash in there. Now it might all be ones. Yeah. But it's at least a couple grand, probably. Okay, okay I take back maybe. I mean, well, still, though. They just didn't like, know. Like, they didn't yeah. know how, you know, she could have emptied it by now. This is so, so amateurish, it's very risky. this whole thing. And so she's on the floor. She's like, oh, you think it's funny because you made me fall and everything? And she's she's starting to stand up. And then Virgil's panicking. You know, he's like, I got to keep you in here. And she's like, what? Why? And she's just getting, you know, pissed off all about it. She's calling him stupid. And he's like, how else am I going to keep her in here? And he just kind of loses it. And now he is covered in blood. Yes. Virgil runs up and uh, he runs up and he stabs her with the sword thingy. And then next thing you know, he's walking through the warehouse to come find William. And he is covered in blood. <laughs> his, his jumpsuit is like... From it's top in, to bottom. It's in his... It's on his mouth. It's in his hands. It's splattered. Like really, whoever had fun with the paint department here just had a good time. And as soon as he comes up, Billy's like, oh, shit. What did you do? He's like, well, I, I had to stop her. She was going to come out of the room. I had to stop her. So now this changes everything. I imagine like, he, probably the, he probably got to where he had the red mist descend and then just didn't know what he was doing. <laughs> oh, baby can, brother's more hardcore than you. Oh, well, well, you can tell he's zoned out. He's just yeah. now coming out of it where he's like, what? And then that's when you look over and he's pointing and Miss Grafundar or whatever is crawling out of the office and she is covered in blood yeah. too. She, I mean, this scene's pretty gross. She comes out and she's covered in blood. She can hardly talk. And she's heading towards behind Mr. Bird's truck and that window he's looking at his mirror. He's going to see her. And yeah, she like opens her mouth and blood comes out. Like it's real gross. And he's like, crap, we got to get, get her out of the way so no one sees. And there's other people walking around outside. They're lucky yeah. no one's come around. And like earlier, Cooter would still be there, but... Um, Billy got mad and like broke his nose or something because Cooter was being stupid and like punched him in the nose. So now this part's gross. So she's crawling towards the truck to try to get Mr. Bird's attention. I don't know why she can't scream. I guess she's in shock. <laughs> and so she's crawling and he sees a hook that I guess he would use for ice or something. I don't know what it would be there for. <laughs> this is a random, you know, hitchhiker hook, you know, you hanging know, like out. Like a Captain Hook hook just <laughs> hanging out. And so he grabs hey. that off. He grabs it off one of the pallets and he starts crawling towards her and he's trying to grab at her hand. Like, trying to just grab some piece yeah. of her to pull her <laughs> off the, the floor. And she's just crawling all gooey. Just as she starts to scream, he honks the horn again for the ice cream so no one can hear her again. And so he's <sighs> grabbing her. At first, you think he's going to get her in the hand. You're like, huh. You know? <laughs> and then it's worse. He gets her in the head. Like, into the soft... Apparently, it's real <laughs> soft. Into the soft gooeyness of the back of her head and just pulls her just in time out of the way. Oh, boy. Before Mr. Bird looks and sees that no one's there. And he's like, you know what? I've had enough. I'm leaving. So now Billy's worried because he's like, I'm going to get life without parole. We're both going to get life without parole. She's dead. You know, maybe we can at least get the money out of the safe and get out of here and just cut our losses. All I right? mean, like the, the, the reaction he's getting, life without parole, that would, be, that would be happening whether you got the money or not. He doesn't seem to be capable of thinking ahead Well, I think he's anything. just figuring he's not even going to worry about Mr. Bird anymore now that she's dead. He's just going to get what money he can. That's what they came here to do and, and go. 
So they head back into the office to go into the safe. And this room, I don't know what kind of slashing he was doing, but the paint or the blood is everywhere. It's like on the almost near the ceiling. It's all over the wall. It's all over the filing cabinet. As Billy gets over to the safe, he sees that somehow in the fight or whatever, she shut it and it mm -hmm. locked again. So they can't even get into the safe now. Come on, let's get that safe. Move it. No. 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 Oh no, she closed the safe. Please tell me you took the money out. No, I didn't take it out, Billy. You said you'd do it. That's the plan. <laughs> Freaking murder one, and we didn't get shit. Billy, what about the puppet man? Oh. He still got money, don't he? He said he had 500 bucks, easy. Yeah. The puppet man. They're really just desperate oh, to take anything, geez. really, at this point. What would they even do with $500? Just buy, like, a, a lot of butter? I mean, like, I guess I pay rent for a little bit. But it's like, now they're wanted for murder, so I guess they're just wanting to get out of there, I think. William has a feeling that Mr. Bird has more money than he lets on, because he's such a good businessman, and you're allowed, apparently, to take certain money, or unless he's stealing, too. I couldn't quite put it together. Uh, it's kind of an idiot plot, you know? Everyone's stupid. Little, Everyone's yeah. kind of stupid in this But this we're episode. getting to the good part. I mean, this is still a fun episode. It's just, for me, the twist always stays in my mind. And so they show up at this dilapidated kind of house, this dingy house, it's kind of grungy or whatever. And Mr. It's just poorly lit. No, the ceiling's like falling <laughs> apart and everything. What? Like, they'll show it later, like the curtains and everything. And Mr. Bird's behind this beaded curtain. Mm -hmm. And you can see him, he's standing there. And Billy and Virgil come busting in the door, like, because, <laughs> like, like, they got a gun, they got like a shotgun and a pistol. Uh. And they come in and they're like, Freeze! Enough of this crazy shit. Show them, Virg. Show them we got ways of making them talk. Right, Billy. You fucking idiot. Oh, wouldn't tell us where the money was, would he? <laughs> Is he gonna tell us now? Huh? And immediately, Virgil's like all on a like a crazed thing now because he already killed. So he takes the shotgun and he just blasts a hole right into Mr. Bird's face. Like, they were going to try to make him talk to tell him where the money was. And immediately, he just shoots him. And it, like, takes part of the chunk of his head off. And just Billy's face there is the best. He's just like, well, he's not going to tell us now, Virgil. You blew his head off. Like, he's like, what are you doing? And Virgil's like, ha ha. He ain't going to be able to talk now, you know. <sighs> They're not on the same page is the problem. And so he's like, great, man, cool, he's dead. So he's like, you know what, let's take a look around. I'm going to check the kitchen, you check the house, we're going to just look. And yeah, you can see like the ceiling's kind of falling apart. You know, everything's not really like updated in the kitchen. The floor on the kitchen's kind of messed up that we'll show, they show here. Um, and he just starts opening cabinets in the kitchen, Billy does, and they're looking everywhere. They're like, there's got to be this money somewhere. And they're just making a huge mess, pulling everything out. Finally, they get to this deep freezer. And they open it up and it's all this ice cream. There's like boxes of little like ice cream sandwiches and stuff. And he's like, ice cream, what? And he's like mad and he goes to grab it and it's squishy. Mm. And so he opens it up and all these little bars have, it's just dollar bills. I would say at least a couple grand in there. If it's all I'd like say, sets well, of 50s. If, if, each, if each of those boxes holds like, like 50 bucks. 100 
a fifty to one hundred one dollar bills, then they probably have many thousands of dollars. Yeah. There, so he's like, "Woo! I found it." He comes running out. He's like, "Virgil, I got it!" And he don't know where Virgil went. He's like, where, "Where's Virgil?" And the beaded curtains are kind of shaken. And he hears something, and he's like, Virgil, are you all right? And he's got the money. And then that's when he gets shot in the leg. Pretty good blast, even though <laughs> you were saying something about the shotgun. Oh, yeah. I just love how fiction like thinks that uh, shotguns have all the power of like artillery. And then they'll blast limbs off It blasts off and his stuff. leg off. Like, yeah, it's, it's gross. It's, it's ridiculous. But what? it's just like hanging off of him <laughs> like he's on the ground. And he's like, Virgil, what are you doing? You know, he, he thinks that's who shot him. And then that's when Mr. Bird comes back out without a thing on his head like he hasn't been blasted he's still alive and he's like you just couldn't leave well enough alone and he's like how could you do that and he's like no wait a minute you're dead now he's like acting kind of crazy mr bird's like oh i warned you <laughs> oh i told you here's virgil and virgil is like chained up in the beaded curtains all hung <laughs> so he's dead so virgil's gone gone now he's like oh no virgil and he's just dragging his nasty leg with him it's payback time no no yes yes that's it isn't it I'll bet you and your brother were real close. Uh, uh, fuck you. Let me tell you about my brother. Well, we were close too. Until he died. Uh, uh, In fact, we're still uh, close. Uh, Look, how close. Look what you've done! Look what you've done! And then here comes the twist. And the twist is he is a Siamese twin. Oh, so surprising. It's so fun, though, because he turns around, and it's kind of, they could have done the body a little oh, better. a little jank. Because he looks a little smaller than he should, <laughs> but he's basically connected by the back. So, like, his whole back is connected to a whole other person. Well, it makes me think, whenever he was shot, though, it makes, it like, like, he flops backwards, though, and you see the legs sticking out, so it's almost like he's lying flat, which would be impossible, well, and that's what the blast, it kind of pushed his other legs out in front of him, and he fell on his butt. Uh, and I, fell. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it is kind of weird. But <laughs> just William's face, he's just so disgusted. But yeah, so he's a Siamese twin connected from the back. And so this whole time, his whole life, he's been connected to his brother. And so his brother is dead behind him. And they're kind of connected. I guess it's more like in the butt, in the hips kind of area. I guess. Yeah. But you can tell it's like they could have made him a little bigger on the dummy, I think. But it's still pretty cool and like... Going to the bathroom would be very awkward. Yeah, and it's like apparently the one brother was shyer. The one that's alive now is the one who turned him in. Yeah. So he's kind of the more crazier brother kind of thing. And the other one's a little more shy and was trying to like just move on <laughs> from all of it. So they couldn't... They had kind of had a, a battle against each other. Kind of similar to Virgil and William. It's like a whole brotherhood thing. How close is too close? So part of me was like, because they were like this, the way that the house is kind of dingy, I was thinking maybe it was like a childhood home that he could never leave because of how he was, you know. Um, I'm not sure how he got a job in the ice cream business, <laughs> but he did. It's a weird plot, but like I said, great twist. I always remember this one just because it's just such a fun thing. And when you go back to think about it, you can put together how it was. Like he doesn't load the truck. The way he sets up and does the puppet, obviously the other guy's doing the voice in the front of the truck. You just can't see it. He might be the one holding the puppet and the nice one was the one doing the voice. Mm. I think. Probably. Because it's like a real cutesy. <laughs> cutesy voice. Yeah. So he even says it right there. Ha ha, I called it. <laughs> he does say he did little Willie's voice. One hell of an ice cream salesman. Weird that the puppet's name was Willie, considering William. I mean, do you think they named it? <sighs> he gets hit in the head with the, the butt of the gun mm -hmm. and knocked out. So now it cuts to like... It's... They crush... He crushes his skull. Yeah, he kills him. He kills he's, him with that. Dead. Yeah. 
So he kills him. And so now it cuts to like a few days later and he's still out in the ice cream truck and all the ice cream's half price now. <laughs> he's got stuff to get rid of and he's sitting there, uh, I think reading that Jesse James comic, it looks like. And the kids come up and they're like, Bert, your ice cream sucks. As he's eating a stick of butter. Yeah. And he's like, and you smell, man. You smell really bad. And, and Mr. Bird just doesn't care anymore. He's just like, you know, blow me, kid. Kind like, of a surreal ending. It is because he's, I mean, he's crazy. Like, he's lost it now. I guess so. I, mean, I think he really, truly loved the job. Why is that kid eating the butter? I don't know. I guess now he's giving out butter for treats. I don't know. I... And so... Um, I, this, uh. So the one guy, his back half is called Earl. And so he was like, you hear that, Earl? Apparently we suck and we smell really bad. And then they show that Earl is in the back of the truck and he's still nasty with, like, flies and <laughs> his head's been blasted off. And so he's just carrying around his dead brother with him all stinky. The truck has been pretty destroyed and, like, he's he's wrapping it up. He's ra- <laughs> wrapping up the... The business here. I don't know if he could never have took that money and got himself disconnected from his brother. Mm. I don't know how much connection. I mean, it, technically, I guess maybe the spinal cord would be in danger. You would probably mm. be paralyzed. I mean, I don't know if we're supposed to be asking questions. Uh, well, there's, there's a few holes in this one. I ask questions because I like, I've gone into a lot of deep history on freak shows and things, and I know there, there's been multiple cases where if one of them dies, usually within 24 hours, the other mm. one's dead. So technically, he would maybe not be able to do this because yeah. would, there would be like an infection or sepsis or blood poisoning that would happen and take him out. So, I mean, I know it's a show, but I'm just saying, technically. He should be mm. feeling kind of gross. That's the end of the episode. Now we fast back to the Crypt Keeper and his, you know, battle plan to win the big game. Yes, Crypt Keeper's... football and ice cream have so much in common. The Crypt Keeper's back... Uh, plain ice cream. Or <laughs> the Crypt Keeper is back playing. <laughs> He's going to be receiving the ice cream and oh, down the green. Oh, yeah. The Crypt Keeper is back playing football, doing all the puns and everything. <laughs> Crypt Keeper, you're so punny. And the best Crypt Keeper pun is... Shame about Billy and Virgil. But you know what they say, kiddies. Two deads are better than one. <laughs> And as for Bird, he stayed in the ice cream business and did very well. Everyone loves Ben and Scaries. <laughs> yeah, that's the end of the episode, wrapping up season five, episode five, People Who Live in Brass Hearses. Mike, what do you think of this I one? Mean, it's, it, I really like the actors in it, but the story really doesn't do too much for me for some reason. I mean, I, I think know. if it wasn't for the great acting and the twist, yeah. But I mean, that twist always gets me. I don't know, I like it. I've always, even I think it just got me when I was maybe when I was younger, and I just was like, "That's crazy, what?" Yeah. <laughs> um, but there was a little IMDb trivia for this episode. Uh, in the beginning of the episode, Brad Dourif is reading a comic book, Jesse James versus Predator. Bill Paxton had faced off with a Predator in 1990s Predator 2. Yes. And one year after People in Brass Hearses, 1993 would air, would play Jesse James's brother Frank in Frank and Jesse. Hmm. The title is based on the proverb: "People who live in glass houses shouldn't throw stones." And at one point during the episode, you can hear Brad Dourif laugh in Chucky's voice from Child's Play. I didn't hear it, but... I didn't catch that either. Apparently you can. I may have to go back and see if I can find it later. But yeah, that's all the trivia for that one. The next episode is Season 5, Episode 6, Two for the Show. Mike, thank you for being on here again. Mm, my pleasure. Did you have fun? Meh. <laughs> I have a pizza coma right now, so... Pizza coma! Uh, I, I lied when I said I ate a bunch of butter. It's really just pizza. Just pizza. Oh, pizza. You didn't wrap it around a stick of butter. Nah, garlic butter, though. And thank you all so much for downloading and listening to this episode. Thank you for subscribing and leaving reviews on Facebook, Podcast Republic, iTunes, 
Again, I thank you all for your support. If you want to follow the Facebook page, you can. There's also a Twitter handle you can follow. Um, that's at G-E-K podcast or at GEC podcast. So yeah, thanks again and have a good one. I just had great.